Today we're reading Acts chapter 11. The apostles and brothers throughout Judea soon heard that the Gentiles had received the word of God. So, when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers took issue with him and said, You visited uncircumcised men and ate with them. But Peter began and explained to them the whole sequence of events. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision of something like a large sheet being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came right down to me. I looked at it closely and saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, and birds of the air. Then I heard a voice saying to me, Get up, Peter, kill, and eat. No, Lord, I said, for nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But the voice spoke from heaven a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and everything was drawn back up into heaven. Just then three men sent to me from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. The Spirit told me to accompany them without hesitation. These six brothers also went with me, and we entered the man's home. He told us how he had seen an angel standing in his house and saying, Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He will convey to you a message by which you and all your household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them, just as he had fallen upon us at the beginning. Then I remembered the word of the Lord, as he used to say, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to hinder the work of God? When they heard this, their objections were put to rest, and they glorified God, saying, So then, God has granted even the Gentiles repentance unto life. Meanwhile, those scattered by the persecution that began with Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, speaking the message to Jews only. But some of them, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began speaking to the Greeks as well, proclaiming the good news about the Lord Jesus. The hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. When the news of this reached the ears of the church in Jerusalem, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw the grace of God, he rejoiced and encouraged them all to abide in the Lord with all their hearts. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, brought him back to Antioch. So for a full year they met together with the church and taught large numbers of people. The disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. In those days, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and predicted through the Spirit that a great famine would sweep across the whole world. This happened under Claudius. So the disciples, each according to his ability, decided to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. This they did, sending their gifts to the elders with Barnabas and Saul. And this is God's word. In the devotional about Acts 10, I suggested that there would be tensions in the early church as God transitioned her from a group of Jewish believers in Jesus into a transnational, worldwide group with no ethnic distinctions. Here in Acts chapter 11, we read about some of those tensions. Despite facing criticism for his fellowship with Gentiles, as we saw in verses 1 through 3, the Jewish believers 
accepted Peter's account of how God saved the Gentiles and how they received the same sign of the Holy Spirit as the Jewish believers did in Acts chapter 2. We saw that in Acts 11, verses 4 through 17. Then they praised God for his mercy on the Gentiles in verse 18, and a church that had been gathering at Antioch began actively evangelizing Gentiles. And we saw that in verses 19 through 21. Barnabas emerged at the end of today's chapter. He was sent to Antioch from Jerusalem when the Jerusalem church heard about all that God was doing at Antioch. That's in verses 22 through 24. We've actually met Barnabas before in Acts chapter 4. His real name is Joseph. We saw that in Acts 4.36. But he was nicknamed Barnabas because he was always so encouraging. He's the guy who sold some property and gave all the money to the church, which led Ananias and Sapphira to do what they did in Acts chapter 5. Barnabas also showed up in Acts chapter 9, verse 27, and he persuaded the church to accept Saul after Saul's conversion. Now here in Acts chapter 11, when he saw how much God was doing in Antioch, he went and found Saul so that Saul could contribute to the growth and strengthening of that church. And we saw that in verses 25 and 26. Although Barnabas did not have the same role that God had called Saul to occupy, he knew how to connect people together for the growth of God's work. By no means was Barnabas a man who just served in the background because verse 36 told us that he met with the church and taught great numbers of people. So he had a strong teaching gift and used that gift publicly to strengthen and grow God's church. Nevertheless, Barnabas served in the shadow of Saul because Saul was such a giant in the days of the early church. Yet he never viewed Saul as his rival or was jealous of how God chose to use Saul. He was a man who was all about the work God was doing, not about who was getting the credit for doing it. Barnabas could have stayed in Antioch and held even greater authority and respect than he had, but he knew that this church would benefit from Saul's gifting. So in great humility, Barnabas recruited Saul's help because it would be best for the church. That is the attitude that all of us followers of Christ should have. God's work is never about you or me. It's about doing what is best for the Lord's church. If that means serving in someone else's shadow, then let God be glorified and you serve in someone else's shadow. Have you ever felt jealous of another believer who had gifts or positions or attention that you don't have? If so, consider the life of Barnabas. If ministry is all about the minister, God will not be glorified and there will be problems in the growth and godliness of the church. But if ministry is all about how best to glorify God, we should all be willing to step out of the way and let the most gifted and godly serve where God will use them most effectively. May God bless you, even if you serve in the shadows today, and we'll see you next time.